review of coming attractions. Good morning, Vietnam! 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. You do an eclectic celebration of the dance. You do fussy, fussy, fussy. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Throw Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. Nobody cares about me. I do, Batman. You sure? I'm positive. Only fools are positive. Are you sure? I'm positive. Yeah, well, what did you say to him? Just slid my ticket across the table and I said, Sorry, guys, I gotta see about a girl. Poetry, beauty, romance, love. These are what we stay alive for. In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We. Yeah! Is that all? I hope not, sir. And welcome, 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 welcome to a very special crossover roundtable here between Best Film Ever and Talking the Mickey. Um, so let's all introduce themselves. My name is Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Ethan. And we are here today um, to talk about Robin Williams. Yeah. Um, we got some good feedback on our first special roundtable that we did for Pod VCon, where the V stood for virtual. Virtual. So I'm told. <laughs> uh, and it went well. People seemed to like it. I enjoyed doing it. I think we all enjoyed doing it. Yep. And so we thought, what if it was something that was a little bit less formatted? And we just kind of came out and discussed. And I had I had some ideas for what we kind of could do. I thought, maybe back to school. I don't know. And then uh, word came out of the Robin Williams document. And I already had kind of Robin Williams in my head as one of those people you could do something remembering. And then this documentary came across. Mm-hmm. And I was going, oh, it's perfect. It really is the perfect time to do it. So we should go ahead and do that, which some of his movies would have shown up anyway if we did the school one. I mean, there's one specific one you can think of, I'm sure. Really quick side note for best film ever. We didn't announce it on our podcast we released three days ago on Tuesday with Nick and Russ, but we hit a thousand downloads in August, Liam. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I'm, Congrats, uh, guys. Thanks a lot. Seriously. Yes. Ethan, you're part of that speed episode. Yeah. Oh, so there nice. we go. It was the it was the Ethan I factor. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, everybody yeah, had a contribution to it. So if you were if you downloaded uh, out there one of our things, or if you downloaded four of them, or if you for some reason now decided to download them three or four times each. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. thanks a lot. Uh, and so that's what we, and so we're here to talk. And you know what? When I scheduled this, I thought, okay, uh, Robin Williams. It's been a few years. There's the, there's a documentary. A little bit of levity. A lot of joy was brought by Robin Williams, and I would not have thought for a moment that we would find ourselves in a strangely parallel situation with the news about Chadwick Boseman this week. Mm. It was shocking. Same month, same everything. Is it really the same month? Yeah, it was oh, August. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, unless you've been living on a rock, I'm sure you know that uh, we found out that uh, Chadwick Boseman died and have been fighting colon cancer for the last four years. Mm. So whatever you have to do to go out and get checked, uh, if uh, let's... Let's beat that thing sooner than what happened. Maybe this raises some profile. Maybe some some more good can take place um, out of his out of out of out of, out of such a loss. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can make something good out of it. And uh, and I'm sure at some point there'll be opportunities for a more concentrated look at Chadwick Boseman. We talked about him both on the Talking the Mickey and on the Best Film Ever podcast this week. So if you didn't catch our thoughts on that, please go ahead and do that. But it's really interesting how that brought me back. It's kind of how I felt when Robin Williams passed away. And I went, A, wow, because it happened out of Hell nowhere. Of and we didn't know. And yeah. it took a long time for information to start drip feeding out about what had happened. And we're not here to mourn Robin Williams so much as we're here to celebrate him. Yes. 
And that's kind of it feels like a good time to do that. It's been a few years. It has, yeah. And I actually really enjoyed going back over and watching a fair number of his films the last few days. I wanted to make sure I was I was up on my game. I wasn't basing off twenty year old memories or things like that. So I'm back and rewatch a lot of things. Anybody else do that this week? I have had a really quite thorough Robin Williams education over the last few weeks. I discovered when we when we decided we were going to do the roundtable, I, re- I realised I hadn't really seen that many of his films, um, which is not acceptable. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching quite a few recently. So it's, it's been good. Yeah. I had, a, I had a list of like five that I was like, yeah, I'll go through there. And then my friend was like, you need to watch this one film. Okay. And I sat down, watched, and I think it's become like my favourite film of his now. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm. And Liam, how are you? Um, well, I finished work today, and uh, I switched on the TV, and Hook was on. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh. Did it? Did it? Did it hook you? It did indeed. I love Hook. Yeah. It's, it's a great little film. Uh, and we'll just have to go through some of our favorites and talk about them. And I've got kind of an idea where we might go, but the conversation will go where the conversation goes, and that's okay. I need to say this right now, though, because you haven't clicked on this with one film in mind. So with that in mind, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers <laughs> ahead. We're not going to focus too much on plot, but I'm not going to shy away either from talking about memorable scenes or moments. Yeah, and yeah. so if we start talking about a film that you're not uh, caught up with or you're like, oh, just get your maybe have that 15 second 30 second button kind of ready or the pause button or pull the headphone out of the speaker or whatever it is you do to pause the podcast at that point because we're going to address this conversation and we can't do that while trying to remain spoiler free no that's true so that's that um so uh let's just start at the beginning not because i want to go through chronologically but because i think we do need to address the stand-up and television career of robin williams yeah yeah, yeah. Um, kickstart elf ethan you said you were watching some stand-up not that we're talking about his early stand-up but just robin yeah. williams is a stand-up performer in general um yeah i was seeing a lot of his stuff on like uh, on conan on letterman i saw so there was just a compilation of him just on loads of shows doing random bits of stand-up which is it's crazy seeing seeing like how he's all he's always on the mark Always. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he. the thing is, he didn't start doing stand-up until he was 25. Oh, wow. So wow. I didn't quite catch. I didn't go back and like check on his early life and see what he was doing instead. But he was 25 when he started doing stand-up in San Francisco. So um, what he was doing before that, don't really know. But to think, you know, by the time he hits our television screens and then by the time he hits our movie screens, I mean, so much time has gone by that um, – we're actually I mean, he's he's not a young man when he when he, when he, no. when he starts the films. Yeah. No. So when he's a new face in Hollywood, he's actually, you know, in his mid to late 30s. Yeah. So that's quite wow. interesting. Yeah. It is. Um uh, Liam, you're a fan of his stand up, right? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. What is it about Robin Williams' stand is, is it is it just that speed in which he gets there? Yeah, because I don't think he have um a clear set plan on anything and, I, and if <laughs> something happens, he reacts to it so quickly. And gravitates towards it, and he thrives off it. There was um, a bit about um, uh, the one in Chicago. What's what's that um, improvised group? Second City? Second City, yeah. Um, he'd just turn up, you know, unannounced, and just do a, do just a, do a spot. Yeah. And he was at the height of his fame, and he'd just do a, do a set. Just because he wanted to and because he could. Now, I know there was a show in Britain called this. There was a North American spinoff called Whose Line Is It Anyway? Same yeah. name, same program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had a segment. I'm sure if you were going on a YouTube dive today, you would have come across this. And yeah. it was just to watch his brain. And the weird thing is, like, the, the rest of the guys have like a format they go through, and it's a bit of a rhythm. <laughs> and Robin Williams is like going double speed, and he almost felt out of place because you're like, guy, settle down. Like, yeah. settle down. You're going way too fast. And it's just 
like without the limits maybe of and trying to concentrate in such a short span and get all of the ideas he's got out of his head, it can come across as manic. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Um, we talk about comedians who have like a very sharp wit or a dry wit, your Ricky Gervaises, an observational intellect like a Jerry Seinfeld. I think Robin Williams' comedy, in, at least on stage, often, and Mark and Mindy as well, would come from a place of emotional intelligence. Mm. He just knew how instinctively what he did, how it made people feel and how it made him feel and how to express that emotion through to the audience. Which I think, if you think of it in that measure, is part of the reason why he's so successful in his film career too, Mm -hmm. because he always made that emotion feel real to the audience. Yeah. At least while he was still hitting the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we also talked a lot in our Aladdin episode on Talking the Mickey about how an awful lot of the genie's part was improvised by Robin Williams and the fact that he can do that with a script and something that's not his own material and just riff on it is amazing and you see it in a lot of his films really well I think yeah stylistically I mean I think for the most part the governors are off on Robin and you just do it until you have enough stuff you can use and realizing he's going to crash and burn and give you a lot of stuff you can't use (laughs) because the critic uh, the, the censors wouldn't let it get through right but it would be that. Liam, you're a big fan of Mork and Mindy, aren't you? I am, yep. Can you sort of walk us through what is the G... Now, Mork and Mindy, of course, being, of all things, a spin-off from Happy Days, which Happy a lot of people Days, don't yeah. actually know this. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the concept that Mork comes down to this. Like, if you told me, if we're watching The Big Bang Theory, and you go, what happens in this episode? Oh, a spaceship comes down behind the university, and, like, this alien comes out. Out I, of an I, egg. I, yeah, out <laughs> of an egg. I'd be like, that is the death of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> it is, there's no way this other thing is going to survive. And actually, you can make the argument that Mork and Mindy is potentially... If not more successful and culturally relevant, it's just as successful and culturally relevant as Happy Days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, let's face it, it's not Mindy who's driving that ship. Nope. No. <laughs> no, she's just there as the straight guy, isn't she? Yeah. And so so what is it about Robin Williams as Mork that was so powerful? If you don't know, Mork and Mindy, the idea that Robin Williams is an alien, Mork from the planet Orc. Yeah. And he's sort of, is he studying humans and then giving like uh, reports back to his boss? Yeah. So kind of like Third Rock from the Sun, but a one-man team. Yeah. Okay. And uh, when he uh, when he comes down to Earth and he starts experiencing all these different things, what humans do, you realize how Robin Williams' own personality is injected into the character. Yeah. It's not really Mork as a character. It's Robin Williams being Robin Williams. Yeah. And... Uh, and it's just trying to contain all that thought process and the anarchic humor that he, he uses in this character. And as a vehicle for him to show what he can do and how he can rift off different yeah. things. And so that leads to, um, he finishes Mork and Mindy, I, I want to say around 83? Funny, I was going to say 83. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that. And then he starts popping up into films. And this is where we get... <clears throat> There's like certain genres of Robin Williams, if you will. And the first one I kind of have being Robin Williams, old school, zany Robin Williams. And you get everything from Popeye in 1980, but through to a bunch of them. So there's ones you think, also a lot of these are our childhood Robin Williams as well, because there's a lot of overlap there. So uh, I have a friend, I have a friend called Jack who, who, uh, when I was asking about it, said Popeye. Popeye is his greatest performance. I've never seen Popeye. I have. Oh, really? Okay. He he does all right, and that's become a cult movie now. But at the time, it was not seen as a great movie. Yeah, 
and that weren't seen as a great vehicle for him to bounce into films. Because the argument he makes is that it's the only movie on, that really is on the list that Robin Williams isn't the Robin Williams yet. So he's not doing a caricature of himself. He's actually acting a part. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So uh, fair enough in that regard. And, and Popeye's a very specific character. He really can't change that too no. much. So I don't know about that, but um, what are those other ones that come to mind when you think of classic zany Robin Williams? Mrs. Doubtfire. All right. So Mrs. Doubtfire is one of those ones that pop up a lot whenever people talk about. So what is it about Mrs. Because I'll be honest, when I went back to watch Mrs. Doubtfire, I've kind of poo-pooed on Mrs. Doubtfire for a long time because I think it's low-hanging fruit. But isn't it just another rehash of Tootsie? Okay. So, okay, Tootsie, the Dustin Hoffman role where he goes and drag to get a part on a soap opera. This is Robin Williams doing the same thing. The vehicle is to meet his kids. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do we think about... Is it a great Robin Williams performance? Yes. Okay. I, I think it's one of the more iconic ones. Oh, absolutely. I think you said Robin yeah. Williams. That's one of the it's ones the that... One that him with the Hoover it. dancing. Yeah. That yeah. is the image. Yeah. And the, the, the face. And the face by the... Toodaloo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all that. That's always like the go-to, I think. Or him holding like, the drink. Has like a clip Surprise. What's the, what, didn't you throw something at the back of Piers Brosnan's head? Oh, he like whips like a kiwi <laughs> yeah. or a lime, lime or something. Yeah. Funny. He goes, it was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, I'd okay. seen Mrs. Doubtfire as a child and thought I didn't really like it that much, but I rewatched it again a couple of days ago and actually really loved it. Um, so I definitely think that's in his top performances. Ethan, thoughts, buddy? I I do really like it. Uh, I, it was one of the ones that I ended up doing the rewatch on, but I've seen it enough times to go, oh yeah, I like this, I like that. Yeah. But it, it it's one of those ones that I think everyone my age always remembers. Uh Funny enough, there's actually a Mrs. Doubtfire musical that should have been on Broadway <laughs> this year with, um, oh, uh, I Rob something. He was in Beetlejuice, but it, it's okay. It, it does enough to sort of respect Robin Williams, I think. It's and one I of those weird it's a things. Legacy thing. Robin Williams is one of those weird things because when you think about trying to re- redo what Robin's already done, and we'll talk yeah, about that with yeah. another role, I think, in a, yeah, in a little yeah. bit. Uh, it's almost, it's like Mrs. Doubtfire. How can you imagine anybody but Robin Williams doing mm. Mrs. Doubtfire? My yeah. issue with it was always just, okay, it's, it's a thinly veiled thing. It's, it, get, but it was a vehicle so Robin Williams could have those catchphrases. My first day as a woman, I'm having hot flashes, <laughs> yeah. right? All the stuff you can do, dude looks like a lady by Aerosmith and he can, you know, the, the bit where the mugger tries to steal, it's like, back off, jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those are all really, really funny, um, and I'd argue it's a better Robin Williams performance than it is a film. You can say that about a lot of his films. You can yeah, say that yeah, about yeah. a lot of his films. I really liked it as both, actually. I think the film has a lot of warmth to it. I liked it a lot more than the first. I, I came back yeah. going, it's a lot higher than I Which thought it was. Which is surprising because I thought that would be the kind of film film that you would enjoy more as a child. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, this is stupid. But actually, I really, really enjoyed it as an adult. And the little girl didn't bug me. I don't want to talk about it, but the little girl didn't bug me like she used to. It's Matilda, isn't it? Oh, I hate that little girl. I used to hate that little girl. Oh, now okay. Okay Maybe it. you should rewatch Matilda as well. So, I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire. And that's the thing. Robin's good when he's bouncing off of kids, especially. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so maybe that's a good segue to talk about another. Now, this one's a kid's film, but it came up a lot too. Hook. Love Hook. Now, I don't dislike Hook. It's is long. Robin? It's long. Is Robin so Williams long. the best thing in Hook? I don't no. think Robin no. Williams is even a good thing in Hook. Dustin Hoffman is the best thing in Hook. Dustin Hoffman, first off, is amazing. <laughs> Dante in Hook. Bosco is the yeah. best thing in Hook. Who's Dante Bosco? Is he Rufio? Rufio. Oh no, he's yeah. not. 
Oh, yeah, Rufio's awesome. great. Dustin Hoffman. No, Dustin, Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman is great. And I don't Bob see Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, yes. The yes. Dustin, oh, yeah. And the rumor is that Williams wanted to play Hook. And Dustin Hoffman went, you're not Hook. <laughs> you're many things, but you're Peter Pan. You are. I mean, Robin Williams is the boy who never grew up. Yeah, true. Mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes with the aid of cocaine. <laughs> but he, A lot of cocaine. But he is the boy. No, he's been quite open about his yeah, drug yeah, use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Um, and he was the boy who never grew up. And so there's that energy. And Hook is not manic. Hook is reserved. Hook is calm. Yeah. Um, and we can do a Dustin Hoffman thing at some other point, too, because I love Dustin Hoffman. Me, too. But I think that movie, I think people forget the hour and a half it takes Peter Pan to turn into Peter Pan. Mm. He's yeah, boring. Yeah, he's yeah. boring lawyer dad for an hour and a half. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah. And Robin Williams does not do that side of him well. Year. And Peter Banning is not good. No, 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 and not in the way that you're not supposed to like him. Not good. He's just not good because yeah. he's struggling with that. I don't think Robin Williams really knew yet how to do that dour side and make him feel like we don't want him to be that, but also not bore the audience to tears. Mm. So yeah. that was an interesting I, one. I saw it for the first time last year. And I'm like. This is fine, but it's I, I think it's because it's it's Robin Williams being Peter Pan, and that's like the best combination. And also that scene where he like embraces who he is, even though it's you know like fifty minutes before the end. Uh, <laughs> that's like it's so iconic, and everyone remembers that, not just the the the, the slog we went through to get there. Uh, if I may pivot off that, so something that's similar in the sense of big, fantastic, kid friendly, probably a lot of our childhoods, big sets, lots of things. Jumanji, the original, not the one with the rock going Jumanji. I like both. <laughs> I, like, I like the second one better. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I like the reboot with the rock, the first new not one Zutora. better. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the new one yet, the newest I, one, no. I did, I, like I did the too. Newest one. Yeah, but I do. Back to Robin. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I did not like that. It, I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it, but it didn't, it didn't blow my socks off. It felt to me like this was just Robin hitting, playing the hits. Yeah. I'm going to do something manic. I'm going to make sure I scream a few lines at the camera. And, and it's a shame because I love Robin Williams. I'm so excited to do this episode. Cool. But there were some child-centered ones that came out in the 90s especially. After you had the big Aladdin sort of, Wah! kind of <laughs> yeah. you're amazing in everything you do. Yeah. Um, there's some, some stuff that made a lot of money. And he was very bankable. Mm. And they're not that great. Anybody want to defend Jumanji? It's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. And I'd still watch it. And, I, and you know, if it came on TV again, I'd watch it again. Uh, but it's not one I'd go, oh, that's one for the DVD collection. You know, it's... It's there. It's, yeah, it's... It's a weird way. It's a Christmas film for me. You know, films that come on TV around the holidays, like Christmas. Yeah. Jumanji is one of those films that I have on a, like uh, Channel Four whilst I'm like uh, eating like a turkey sandwich. I have sandwich. to listen to a thousand podcasts talk about if Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I am not starting <laughs> is Jumanji a Christmas movie? <laughs> That's a whole new kind of worms. Technically, no. technically, it's a Christmas film at the end. Uh, if you want to get technicalities, but no, it's just one that's always on around Christmas. <laughs> okay. Um, let's pivot off that. Should we talk about Jack? MBC Jack? I've not seen no. Jack. Ethan? Not recently. Okay, so the premise of Jack is, and it's really something that's tailor-made, like it feels like, if I said cast this, Robin Williams is your choice. Yeah. So it's a boy, but he ages at four times the rate of his classmates. Oh, okay. But his intellect remains that of a boy. Oh. So when everybody else is 10, he's 40. 
Now, it's a problematic film now because his best friend or his mentor is Bill Cosby in the film. Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. But imagine Robin Williams at 40. So he's probably like 45, almost 50 in yeah. real life. But being told, act like a 10-year-old. <laughs> and so there are no rules because you can act you can say all the rude things a 10 year old would say because they don't yeah. mean anything bad by it and he'll no. say you know fart and poopy and all those sorts of things and and, just... and and so at the end it sort of finishes with him graduating and he's like 75 because everybody else is like oh. 18 right yeah. and so the idea is there's the there's a dark side to that which sort of gets hinted at the idea of it you're going to age at four times the rate which means you're going to die four times quicker yeah and then what do you do with that? And if your whole life is school, then what is the point of life? Yeah. And there is some oh. weight. And I like Robin Williams when there's some limits and there's some reason behind the manicness. That's just me. Yeah. But I'm the only one who seems to have seen it. But it showed up enough for a few people's yeah, no, uh, lists. So I'm going to talk about that. Shall we talk? Does anybody want to talk about Flubber? Nope. Not particularly. <laughs> No, that's just no, Robin no. going. Pretend it di- doesn't exist. That's Robin like going. Disney and I, films. Disney and I have made up after the kerfuffle after Aladdin. <laughs> I'd like some more money, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Birdcage. I think we have to talk about the Birdcage. That was the last one I watched during my was my, uh, my rewatch. Actually, I love this film. I love the Birdcage. I really like it. I think in some ways it's guilty of the same sin that Hook is in the sense that Robin Williams is not the best thing about it. Completely yeah. agree. That being said, I think Robin Williams is still really, really, really good in it. He is. Ironically, he's he's sort of the straight man in that. I, actually, I had, I had yeah. that joke lined up myself. And it is <laughs> because No, no, because if you're not familiar with the birdcage, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane play uh, two men who are in a domestic partnership. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think they get married at that point yet, but they are in a life. They're committed to each Civil other for life. At that time? Sure. Yeah. And so their son is bringing home. Uh, his new fiance and her parents for a dinner and so they want uh, and the problem is they run like a gay burlesque show and so the deal is can you guys try and act straight for a night and so Robin Williams is the more manly of the two but he still has to butch up (laughs) and he's also at the same time trying to teach Nathan Lane's character who's uh, if you've seen Nathan Lane on Modern Family it's like Pepper (laughs) like times 10 yeah, and it's like teach Nathan Lane how to be a butch man, and it's really and so Rob Williams isn't even that good of himself because he's and it's just really 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 funny, and he's got moments of zaniness mixed with moments of pain and regret, and it's a really good performance as far as that zany side goes. It's a fantastic performance, but Nathan Lane is just so good in that film that it completely outshines I, Robin Williams. Can you be? But yeah, you can still be in a film where someone does better than, than not a competition, but where someone's amazing and can still be really, really damn good. I've never yeah. seen it. I've only seen bits. Oh, I highly recommend Birdcage. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love this scene where he's talking to his son. He's like, I've had to be my, I've been, I haven't been, I have spent 20 years before I could be myself and now I am myself and I'm not going yes, back in there. I'm exactly. like, oh, it's just, it's so, for me, it really hit me home and I was like, this is, this is great. And I was, Serious Robin Williams is my favorite Robin Williams. And the fact that yeah. he's able to hit those beats in a film, which is literally, hey, Nathan Lane's in drag pretending to be his mm. mom. The mom's here. It, it's just, a, it's such a nice moment. I think the reason I really like his performance in that one is that it is that mixture of the zany and the serious because he gets Mm. those funny, like really comical moments, but he also has some real depth to the character as well. And he's very good at that, though. Yeah, my friend, uh, our friend Josh, 
um, got a hold of us and said it was his number one by 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 a landslide. His favorite is is Birdcage, and uh, I think it's just a really really it's understated, and it's surprising how many people yeah. actually held it as like they're like I've got one you haven't heard of. Birdcage. I'm like, actually, a lot of people really do rate this, but it's never the one that shows up on like the hits packages or on the clip yeah. shows. Isn't it um, a remake of a French film? Yes, it is. That's what I remember from when it was released. Yeah, it is a remake of a French film. Yeah. So, uh, but very, very good. I'd highly recommend it if you haven't out there and you haven't heard it. And it's I'll give it a watch. Hank Azaria is also hilarious in it as well. It took me 40 minutes to go, oh, that's Hank Azaria. Yeah, when I started singing, I was like, eh, And Gene Hackman's really good in it too. Yeah. And uh, uh, Callista Flockhart, Ali oh, McBeal. Really? She's the girl yeah. who the son wants to marry. Oh, fantastic. And she's really good in it. I like Callista Flockhart. She's very not Ali in that. She's very like... Oh, yeah. She's very, like, straight, kind of, um, Republican, conservative, kind of. But she's also very young, isn't she? She's very young in that. Um, And maybe, uh, I am going to pitch, I was going to pivot on the serious thing, but I'm going to leave the serious behind for a bit. Can we talk about his voice acting for a bit? Mm. Yeah. And instantly, let's talk about the the genie in the room, shall we? You cannot not talk about it. (laughs) Because there's a few things I have on my list, but Aladdin's got to be on it. Yes. Uh, So, but genie, um, easily the best part of that film. Oh, without a shadow. Yeah. It, oh, you thought about that. The, Why the is that? Part. Pardon? Why did you think about it so hard? You kind of went, mm, I yeah, was just okay. thinking, because there's, there's, there's a lot more to it, but then I was like, yeah, a friend like me, everyone always is like, it's the genie, it's the genie. What do you think it was? Gilbert Gottfried Ziago? <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried Ziago is the the best part. Of the, oh, I do no, like, Gil- I do like Gilbert yeah. Gottfried. You guys all but... hated on me when we did our Aladdin episode, but Robin Williams is not my favorite part of that film at all. What was it? He just brings a little bit of excitement to the film, doesn't he? Hmm? What was your favorite part of the film? Lots of the rest of it. Okay, so I just, I just the things you can't remember. I'm were... Not that keen on. It's a whole new world. Okay, I just don't don't love the genie as much as everyone else seems oh. to. Um, you know, I like I like Aladdin. Maybe it's the sweet spot. I was I was I was twelve or thirteen when that thing came out. Same, yeah. And I was just I, I call that the golden era of. And I and, of, of, and we said when we, we reviewed that, uh, Ethan, you were with us for that. We said Aladdin's kind of a boy friendly Disney film. Mm. Not that not that girls can't like it or don't like it because because they do and they should. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Beauty and the Beast was kind of a girl leaning movie. Little Mermaid was kind of a girl leaning movie. Pocahontas would be a girl leaning movie. And I do love all those. It's at the point where I'm hitting twelve, thirteen, and I'm discovering humor and yeah. f- being funny. But you know, you know what I mean. Discovering how oh, how yeah. discovering yeah. how to be funny and, and and humor as a currency. Currency helping you win favor. Currency helping you cheer people up. Currency, yeah. how, however it might be. And then Robin Williams is like a one-man masterclass in how to do this. And it was like, oh, this is something that I find value in. And there's a ton of it here. Because look back to the previous 10, 15 years of Disney films. There's not a lot of humor in some of those. No, it's quite dark. Yeah. It's dark no, it's or, like or romantic dull. Yeah. And, and the jokes are like sight gags. <laughs> or like yeah. cute. And it's not funny. And not smart funny, not quick funny. It was definitely a different, it was a turning point in Disney, for sure. Little known fact is Robin Williams um, ad-libbed so much of the script that they're, they, they, they put in, they wanted to be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and they got told no because so much of it was ad-libbed, you don't qualify. Oh, no. Because the script can't be good or you would have used it. Oh. <laughs> True. But like the whole bit where because uh, Robin Williams on top of being the genie is the salesman at the start of the film, and when he's doing the whole you know makes julienne fries will not break it broke they just put him on a soundstage with a, a sheet over a table he pulled off the sheet and just riffed on what was in front of him. Oh okay, did they do the drawings after he'd done his 
Yeah, voice. Voice, voice yeah. goes first. I was, I was going to say, yeah. Vocal always goes first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot easier for them to draw around his mouth and him try to mouth along with yeah. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Wow. But... Um, and Friend Like Me, all-time classic Disney film. Uh, Disney song. Yeah. 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 I think it is the upbeat number that I think... You know, if you think about upbeat Disney films, that Friends song, that whatever... I think, I think it's a really short they list. Always, they always play. It's a short list. You know, uh, I... Uh, I want to be like you, probably from the Jungle Book. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Bare necessities, but it's it, yeah. it's a very special kind of. It's a short list. Yeah, yeah. And he's right up there with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's the heart of the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 That shiny the, sort of. He he is like he's the happy part. He's the he's the goal. He's, he's the, our barometer. The As the genie feels, so do we feel. When the genie says, yeah. tell her of a truth, we think he should tell her of a truth. Yeah. When the genie acts disappointed in Aladdin, we feel disappointed in Aladdin. He's our it's barometer. Like a, it's like a narration, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He's guiding us. Mm. Um, and he won a Golden Globe, a special Golden Globe, for his work in Aladdin. Uh, they didn't really have anything for that sort of like best voice actor, so they kind of created the Golden Globe for him for that. Uh, Credit to them. Anybody seen Happy Feet? Nope. Yeah. I have, but I haven't seen it recently. I remember that film. Because I think Happy Feet won an Oscar for Best Animated Movie. Yeah, I still yeah. can't believe it was directed by I can't remember his name, but I know he did Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay. Uh I I don't know. But how was Robin Williams in it? He was the lead, I'm assuming, yeah? No, uh Elijah Wood's the lead. Mm. Elijah Wood is a tap dancing penguin. Okay. And in a in a world where all the penguins sing, he can't sing, so he tap dances. And uh okay. Robin Williams plays like a kind of Hispanic penguin called Ramon. <laughs> And also, like, <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> and he, you should I see my face, everybody. I'm not impressed. Like, sort of the black preacher character penguin as well. Oh. It's not great. Uh, it's, it's a film. It is He's interesting. Like, hey, it's me. Come on, we gotta go, Flipper. We gotta go. I'm it, like, oh, no, it is interesting. Stuff. How much of Robin Williams' shtick would not be okay in 2020? I was watching some of his stuff today. I'm like, oh. I don't know if that's okay. A lot of, doing, I like, think a lot of, of the, these the, the cookie Indian accents and stuff. Yeah, I think oh, a lot yeah. of these yeah. um, voice uh, characters that he do as from previous um, improvisations that he's done in the past in stand up because he seemed to call on them voices yeah. when he does stuff. Oh, he's got like a stable of voices. He yeah. Does. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it, but as things age, I mean, obviously, c- c- what was funny in the fifties isn't funny in the seventies. No, and true. Culture changes yeah. and times change, and what's acceptable changes. And I'm not going to sit here and demonize Robin Williams for the jokes he's made. No, because um, that was a different time. It was different. a different time, and yeah. we have to judge him by the standards that were around then. Not saying that we adopt them and say they're okay for us to do, because we don't live then. No, I, I was with a, a common practice in the pursuit of history is you say the past is a different country. We don't live there. No, so just like I wouldn't go to choose country of your choice, Iceland, and tell them how they should live because I don't live there. So their rules aren't my rules. Uh, in, in, in the same breath, I can't then go ahead and, and say to people who live in the seventies. You know, you should have known better than that. It was a different time. It was a different yeah, place. You totally, know. Yeah. Now, if they were being um, offensive and inappropriate for the rules of their time, we could definitely go, what were you doing? Yeah. But yeah. not that. So, and then anybody else besides me see Fern Gully? Oh, no. I saw that ages no. ago. Okay, I'm going to talk really briefly about Fern Gully in the sense that Robin, it was the thing about the environment. It was like a 1992, yeah. 93, 91 environment thing he played a bat i believe his name was batty the bat nice and he would rap and he would do all sorts of things like that but he was this crazy character and he was of course he could speak english to the characters needed to and he was the source of all the humor in that film and did a really really he was easily the best part of it yeah um and did a good job 
Uh, I don't think anybody's walking away. And uh, apparently he was in Robots as well. I, fr- I don't even remember that movie. Oh, yeah, he is in Robots. Yeah. With Ewan McGregor. I... I was terrible film. That. I I I kind of enjoy it, my but I think it's it's Scott. a product of it's yeah. a product of my childhood. I think it's because the memes and stuff. I still quote that that oh I know this talent like the back of my hand. Oh that's new. And yeah. then I trip or jump down the it's, stairs. It's all so. these lazy kind of jokes, but it's a kid's movie. And my friend He's Scott put it as his number five, and I think he went and took his kids to it. So I think he's got a special part in his heart. For me, uh, Robots was just a terrible film. But that's just I still that's just have me. the Burger Again, King toy it. of his character somewhere. Do you? All right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about those great roles, shall we? Now, the yes. bit where he stops being cartoony and the bit where he starts being an actor. Mm. And you realize, crap, this guy can act. Yeah. And I think we have to start with, good morning, Vietnam. Vietnam. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everybody's surfing now. <laughs> yeah. And so the mix of rock and roll and the idea that he's a one man, yes, he's there to entertain, but he's also frustrated because he can't tell them the truth. Yeah. It's back to being the genie yeah. Aladdin. Tell them the truth. Yeah. And uh, the rigors of uh, control, especially when everything around you is going badly, and that mix of the humor with the pain and the conflict within Robin Williams about what does he do. And there's moments where he wants to quit and he sees his role as an entertainer. And I think there's a lot of parallels between that and just being a comic full stop. Yep. What is the yep. value of cheering people up even if you want to use your voice to say what is wrong with this country, what is wrong with this world, what is wrong with society? Mm-hmm. There is a value in bringing a smile. Because yep. he even has that moment where he's like, oh, I'm going to say it. And he makes it kind of a joke like, oh, there wasn't a bomb. But if there was, it yes. would have killed We are definitely not officially saying this. And we are yeah. not officially saying this. And you, you see it in his face afterwards. And he's like so broken. And then when Forrest Whitaker, also fantastic Forrest Brilliant. Whitaker role, yes. is like, yes. look at these guys. And he's seeing them all go off to war. And he's like, I've cheered them up, but oh, they're going. Nominated, they might not come back. Nominated for an Oscar for this. His first Oscar nomination mm-hmm. for Best Actor. I can see that. Um, and he wins a Golden Globe for it. And gets nominated for a BAFTA. Uh, I'm going to say... I like him more in Vietnam. I do. I think it's a better Robin Williams performance than as a film. Same. Definitely. I don't like yeah. the film at all, um, but I did, in, did appreciate his performance in it. Although I um, have issue with some of the themes. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah. does also seem to be a, a thing in some Robin Williams films where he comes across a girl. The girl doesn't want to be with Robin Williams, and, and he wins her over during the film. Yeah. yeah. It seems to be a thing. This one didn't. He doesn't win fully. They don't, they don't fully date. But... He sort of gets her a little bit, as much as, much as he can. Yeah. Because he has to leave her at the end, so we have to make that whatever. Um, then, let's just go through almost chronologically. As a teacher in training, before I was a teacher in training, the whole nine yards, uh, I wanted a teacher like him. I wanted a father like him. I wanted good uh, Dead Poet Society. Sorry. Oh, I wanted movie. Mr. Keating as my friend, dad, teacher, boss, and then eventually you just hope to emulate a fragment of what he has. Yeah, carpe diem. Seize the day. Yeah. Long before Venusies were singing about it. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying, you know, make your lives extraordinary because soon you'll be worm food. Yeah. Uh, I know Ellie hasn't seen this one. Ethan, have you seen this one? I've seen this years oh, okay. ago. My I mainly just remember when he's like, go my, outside. Take oh, Captain, my Captain. Go yeah. outside. Yeah. That's all I remember. Um, th- you know, rip your books in half and throw them out the oh, window yeah. and stand on your desk. Yeah. So oh, I know, right? That's so powerful, that ending powerful ending um and the idea of realizing again when you're that one a common theme you're that one voice of reason and you want to save a truth Mm. in a system that says no you will fit here and he's also trying to stop school from just recreating robots yeah 
and best shown in the demonstration of this poetry thing where they have a grid of how moving the poem is versus its technical capability and the rank and the score tells you how good of a poem it is. Like you wouldn't really, like it's just the stupidest thing ever. But it does get that point across and he's vulnerable and he's funny and he's also great when he's working with kids or adolescents people younger than him and we do see that throughout his real powerful performances often come with that attached to it yeah. so um one of my chilling moments in that film is when he goes takes him out into the the corridor bit with the uh trophies and the photos yes and he's sort of whispering behind their ears you know and he's saying you know these people were young guys like you these are now gone they ever dead yeah yeah you know be somebody but they at the same point they were worried about jobs and futures yeah. and girls and yeah. all the things you feel so did they and exactly. now and now they're dead yeah so there is no point in putting off till tomorrow no get it done today yes and great movie great movie great movie and um one we'll have to do it in full at some <sighs> point yes uh let's talk about i'm gonna save one behind a little bit should we talk about let's do more order goodwill hunting oh I need to see this. You haven't every seen Goodwill Hunting? Every time I go, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to sit down and put like two and a half hours away and watch it. I go to Netflix, I... go to Prime, and it's never there. Yeah, yeah, the one that. time that yeah. I'm like, I'm going to sit down I'm and definitely going to watch it. It's on yeah, yeah. there, and I'm like, I don't that have That thing enough. where it was on your list staring at you forever, and then you finally go, now I'm going to watch it, and it's disappeared. Yeah. Uh, Goodwill Hunting, uh, his only Oscar win. Support. Um, supporting actor. Yeah. Top billing. If you watch the film, he gets top oh, billing. Oh, really? Yeah. See, oh. now I don't see that as a Robin Williams top billing movie. No, no but not. he was the biggest star. Because oh, Affleck and Damon wrote that film for themselves. Oh, okay. So he was the big get. That's a... he, he took way under, under his that. value. Yeah, they wrote that. They, they, they won an Oscar for that. Because they won Best Original Screenplay. <laughs> ben incredible. Affleck has a writing well, Oscar. Uh, improvise too much in that one then. <laughs> well, no. And <laughs> I think Goodwill Hunting is the opposite of that genuinely um, makes me cry that film yeah it's the opposite of a robin williams film because he's not zany yeah he's so controlled yeah and if anything and he philosophical. lets he lets damon rant yeah and then he's the quiet voice yeah who in moments will have mo- you know snapshots pockets lightning bolts of anger or mm. humor or whatever it is and he's grounded and he's the steady tree that 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 will can sort of find company who can regale against him and punch it and do all that stuff. And the reason it's got so much gravity is because he's not like that in real life. Yeah. So to see it on screen and to see him so controlled. But also powerful. De- also dealing with pain. The pain yeah, of loss. A lot of pain, yeah. The pain of loss. The pain of mourning, taking care of his wife for years and then she dies and mm. how he deals with that. And the comfort and the you know, when when Matt Damon's character suggests maybe you married the wrong woman and he like <laughs> grabs him by the throat and puts him against yeah. the wall and says, I will end you if you that disrespect is- my wife again. Cool. Just now, it gives me chills. Powerful, powerful. That Oscar fully deserved. Yes, definitely. And at this point, I think Robin starts going. I like the serious acting thing, and he should. Yeah. And there's a few films that are kind of coming because he follows this up with "What Dreams May Come." Anybody see this? No. Nope. He goes to the afterlife, and it's kind of like, you know, he's in the afterlife and he gets to like create visual landscapes. If you're into like a Guillermo del Toro kind of filmmaking, where cool visual things. 
Um, it, it's great, but it was very much he was trolling for an Oscar again at this point. Oh, really? He was really going for it. And uh, I found it to be kind of dredging and slow, but a lot of people put it up there as one of their, their best performances. I think it's, it's, a serious, it's a serious part again. Yeah. And uh, it kind of deals with themes of the afterlife and gives you a really wonderful idea of what the afterlife could be like. Um, and family and the importance of relationship and relationships that go beyond life into death and the and things along that nature. Yeah. It's very, very good. Uh, should we talk about Patch Adams? Yes. Yeah. Golden Globe nominated. Um, uh, I was talking to a friend of the, of ours, Kev. Yep. Who said it's his, by far his number one because he feels that he gets the whole range of Robin Williams from the zany comedic side of it to the... Uh, stoic side to the very angry and self-loathing and angry at God and the universe and the whole nine yards. And there are some powerful scenes in this. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, it's a really interesting plot as well because it, it really kind of takes the audience on a journey as well and you kind of experience it all at the same time as Robin Williams's character. Yeah, I think you're right. Um what I liked about Patch Adams is you see him at a, you see him kind of recovering from, he starts off the film in a, in a mental institution, signs himself out, and then you see, you see him almost broken and the joy he finds in helping someone else. And that's his pathway. And he gets very, very comedic and funny. And then someone trusts him and they end up getting very, very hurt as a result of their trust in him. And he gets angry and, there's a, and, and, and the person gets hurt to the point where, where, where they die. And there's a great scene where he's standing on a cliff looking off of it and he's contemplating jumping and he's having a conversation with God and he's almost playing him a chicken with God and he's saying, it took you six days to create the universe and on the seventh day you rested. And he said, on the seventh day, maybe on that day you should have focused on compassion. And he goes, I'm listening. What is your plan? And he goes, let's look at the logic. God creates man. Man suffers great amounts of pain. Man dies. And basically goes, you, God, you have messed up creation. Mm. You are not a kind God. And he looks, and he's about to. He's, he's thinking about jumping, and he goes, "You know what? You're not worth it." And just the anger in his <sighs> face. And then, like a butterfly comes up out of nowhere, and he it lands on his medicine bag, and he takes this as a sign from God that you know he doesn't say this, but he smiles and he cries and he finds the joy again in life, the joy in color, the joy in making someone else's life better. But none of this changed because someone got hurt. Yeah. And it's a powerful, I overlooked this one. When I went back and gave it another watch, I went, okay, this is much better than I thought the first time around. I really enjoyed it. Much, much one. better. I've only seen it once. Um, and I remember liking it and enjoying it. Uh, it's based on a true story, is it not? Yeah. Uh, yes, Patch Adams is a real yeah, man. He had yeah. some issues with the portrayal at first, uh, uh, basically because he felt that Robin Williams sort of limited him to just a happy guy who plays with puppets. Yeah. And didn't actually consider, there's a wide variety of it, but it's not a, it's not a six-part documentary series. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a two-hour film. Mm. And there's limits to what you can do in a two-hour film. Um, some ones that people mentioned that I didn't get a chance to, or that I haven't seen, uh, the Fisher King was mentioned yes. by a lot of people who I, I respect. I've never seen this. Oh, this again. I've been trying to find it everywhere and I can't. I had a whole list. I was like Fisher King. It was and, on TV. Uh, Insomnia. So I couldn't find any of them. It was on like E4, I think. So you've seen this one, I'm guessing? I, I, I caught the, the middle and the end of it. He got, yeah. This was his other Oscar nominations. Yeah. He's had four Oscar oh, nominations. Wow. This is the other one. I've never seen this one and really wish I, I I'm going to make a point of seeing it still, but haven't seen it yet. I, I saw it many, many years ago. And I caught it like a month ago, 
but halfway through, I didn't fully understand the script. Okay. Um, but the performance was was great. Um, from what I can gather, he's a bit. Of, he's a homeless person who's a little bit away with the fairies. Um, but there's elements of truth to what he's saying. Um, don't really remember too much. Because I didn't really understand, because obviously I didn't see the beginning, yeah. but I saw it many years ago. And kind of playing From, that wacky, kind of nuts character yeah. who's a, a bit on the outskirts of society. It's another sort of thing that Robin Williams would, would occasionally yeah. do. Ethan, sorry to cut you off there. Uh, from what I th- know from the synopsis, I believe he's uh, he was a writer who uh, something he wrote inspired someone to to kill someone or something like that. And okay. because of that, he then he's then dealing with the grief of it. I might be thinking of insomnia because I know those two plots are very okay. similar in some veins. But I, I believe that's what Fisher King, at least the beginning, seems to hinder on. He's feeling a lot of grief and guilt for it. I believe Jeff Bridges is in it. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And the, them two's a pair and really... Kind of an odd couple things. Yeah. 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 Um, if I can just, uh, on the way out, two films I watched in the last couple of weeks... Um, the Final Cut, which many people haven't seen. It's no, thing. is that the last thing? No. no, and one something called One Hour Photo. Oh, yeah. One hour oh, photo. is that the is that one who he obsesses over the family, yes. right? Yeah, so they're both, they're both very similar in that they're given he's given a, a sort of privileged perspective where he gets to look into other people's lives. In mm-hmm. one case, because he's developing their photos. In the other, because everyone's got a chip in their head. And when you die, he goes through and edits like portions of your life out so you can show like a, a life memorial at a funeral yeah so in both cases it gets privileged information then what do you do with that privileged information do you then use that information for personal gain or not and the dangers thereof and uh two different sides of it one hour photos more of a made for cinema thriller and it was good it had me kind of tense and i was i had some big thoughts and some big questions and if had we more time i would d- dive really deep into this it made me feel so uncomfortable yeah um, i didn't like him in this at all you're not supposed to no but oh, that's, yeah. that's great yeah. great great actor isn't it? yeah you know? that was i'm sitting here going it's again a better performance than a film yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it definitely. was robin williams saying i want to play the kind of guy I've never played my whole career. I yeah. want to play completely yeah. deranged yeah. and yeah. really stretch out what I can do. And even his his look isn't even Robin Williams. No, it's really interesting because he's got like dyed blonde hair. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what, we are coming up on about 45 minutes. So I'm going to set up the countdowns. And as we get through them, there'll be a chance to talk about some of the ones that we haven't chatted about so far. Uh, but thanks. I got a few names to read off here if I can really quickly. Yeah, yeah, thanks to our Twitter or Facebook friends of the podcast. So Griff from the Paul and Griff Show, Pete Abeda, Josiana, Haley, Davey Portman, Russ, Coffee Talk with CJ, Caitlin Gardner, Zachary, Wayne, Eric, Maria, Amy, and Carlos. Thank you so much. Friends of the podcast as well. Debbie and Richard, Dwayne Smith, Chuck Goes to the Movies, Lestat, hey Lestat, Yay. Matt and Chris from Quantum Week, Drew, MC Paperstacks, Not Before Coffee, Alex, our friend from Main Street Finance, Tom, our friend from Pod Jerky, Griff from the Paul and Griff Show. I already talked about you, but you're getting to talk again. Also, Russ from Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything. Yeah, Thanks a lot Nick for coming there. Uh, my some personal friends: Matty Ice, Robin, Rick, Kevdog, Lou, Andy, Josh, John, my sister. Hey, Kirst, Carolyn, <laughs> Tanya, Baz, Scott, Victor, Julie, Jan, Sarah, Jessica, Ross, Sarah, and Jack. Thank you for wow. adding your voice. Like, uh, uh, that's a ridiculous amount of names. People it who is. jumped in. Yeah, it's great. And so it gives us a chance for a consensus. And it's interesting to see kind of what the film people thought versus because the film that came out to an early lead was kind of I had a lot of people who do like pods on film or yeah. around that idea and there was a different film that was very much in the lead but if I go up from 10 to 1 shall I go for it so in 
10, we had Awakenings, which we hadn't talked about yet. Oh, I, that was my number two. I okay. love that film. So this isn't ours. This is the audience poll, though. Yeah. So 10 was Awakenings. Nine was Jumanji. Jumanji. Eight was The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Sorry, nice. it was tied, actually, for seven. Sorry. So seven was a tie between Patch Adams and The Birdcage. Okay. Six was Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. It's hot, but not as hot as Hook. Hook pipped it into fifth. Cool. Uh, nice. Fourth was Dead Poets. Yeah. Mm. Third was Aladdin. Yeah. Second was Mrs. Sorry. Second was Goodwill Hunting. Ooh, yeah. First was Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, I wouldn't have had that. Wow. So I can say Mrs. Doubtfire one, Aladdin three, Hook at five, Jumanji at nine. Yeah. I think we're seeing how many Robin Williams films people get exposed to when they're kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And how he makes you feel as a kid and it doesn't go away. And maybe there's a nostalgic factor there. Where you look oh, back and you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember childhood. I remember Jamal. Yeah. I remember Robin Williams. Toodaloo. I remember that moment in yeah. time. Yeah. And so very interesting. But the more I kind of moved, it, it definitely went in certain ways. And the list permutated a bunch of different ways. And there's still ones I'm surprised didn't make that list. There's still ones I'm very surprised didn't make that list. But uh, there's also some strange ones that did show up. I mean, there are some bad Robin Williams films out there, guys. There are, yeah. I uh, know someone was talking RV. about RV. <laughs> yeah. RV? Yeah. RV is yeah. dreadful. License, License to, to Wed. Did you see that? <laughs> oh, it's bloody Normal, terrible. Yeah. John Krasinski, who I do love from The Office, as well as like he's Jack Reacher. He's in A Quiet Place. Uh, Mandy Moore. And then he plays this oh. minister who like refuses to marry them unless he they pass his like premarital course. Mm. And of course, it's all these crazy things they can. He's being unreasonable, and he's this cute little kid for a sidekick. And he's had a lot of minister roles, hasn't he? He does. He does like that that sort of gimmick. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there was that. I had some other bad ones. Where were they? Uh, old dogs. He's oh, is that Don't the one with that. Tim Allen? Yes, it is. Because uh, he's a two-time Razzie nominee, Death the Smoochie, which I actually meant to watch before we came back into this. I'm not saying that he's either. a child's entertainer, but he's at war with another child's entertainer played by Ed Norton. Oh, okay. And Ed oh Norton plays gosh. the titular Smoochie, so he's in like a Barney costume. Yeah. Whereas like uh, Robin Williams plays the guy, he's like, like like a clown or something like that. And so they're fighting over like old lion, young lion sort of stuff. Do you know what would have been interesting? He was supposed to play the Riddler. In, yes, I've heard that. In the third oh, Batman. In the third Batman, yeah. That. He was signed up and everything to do Yeah, that. and then something went wrong. Yeah, well, like, well... Um, Jim Carrey? No, um, the director. Uh, Brock, not Brockheimer. Uh, was that Brockheimer? No. Was it Tim Burton? Tim no, Burton. Tim Burton didn't do the third. Yeah, no, no, no. Tim Burton was supposed to direct three movies. Right, yeah. so if it was the third, out. he would have done Robin yeah. Williams. He'd okay. already signed up to, to Robin Williams to play the Riddler. Yeah. And I had to pay him off because then they changed the franchise. Yeah. Joel Schumacher is who directs Joel the Schumacher, that's right. Yeah. Um, he died recently too, didn't he? I don't know. Did he? Yeah, I believe so. It's uh, June, July, I think. But okay. I'd love to have seen him as the Riddler. Uh, also, he was nominated in the same year for two films. So they sort of split his nomination between two films. Jacob the Liar, which my mum really likes. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. And Bicentennial Man, which I rated. I like that. I liked it. It's a long, his face is the poster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it doesn't like look like him. It's it doesn't. Like, to be fair, that, it's, it's like that robotic at the start kind of thing. It, yeah. yeah. So there's that. So um, interesting choices. Uh, I think I was probably a little surprised that um, at how high Hook is at five. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yes and no. I think we all remember watching Hook and going. It's part of our childhood. I don't. It's more nostalgia for us. And I think even people might be overrating the film more so than his performance because yeah. I don't think he's great in it. 
No. I mean, it's got like a, was it, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes? The critics did not like this film. No, and to be fair, Spielberg doesn't like this film. No, well. (laughs) But a little interesting fact, it's something worth mentioning, is when Spielberg was doing Schindler's List, he would phone up Robin Williams, and Robin would just do like freestyle stand-up on the phone. Yeah. Because Spielberg needed something to take him out of what he was dealing with on a daily basis. And so Robin Williams was that support. And so back to the currency of humor and what it can do for you and those around you. Yeah, it can lift you so much. Um, yeah, and so it's also a trait that we see people who have this comedic uh, energy sometimes suffering to such a great degree because what do you do when there's no one there? If that's how you get your fulfillment, what do you do when no one's around? Mm. Yeah, true. And you yeah. hear often it's people who are funny who have these bouts of depression and who yep. uh, try to hurt themselves yep. in some capacity. And that's not why Robin Williams uh, ultimately ended to hurt himself no. and end his life. That's about in the documentary and about the onset of, of the illness he was suffering with. But um, yeah, what do you do You know, when, when there's not an audience? Jim Carrey, Owen Wilson, Robin mm. Williams, same sort of story. Uh, let's talk about Arlish, shall I? Because I've kept this very... You have. <laughs> so in 10th place, we had Hook. Y- yep. Yeah. Okay. Which I'm okay with. I'm okay with Hook. I think Hook, top 10, you can put it on a list. That was my number 10, so was it I'm very 10? happy with this list Now, we so did far. do top five. So I didn't take anybody else besides the top five. <laughs> yeah. But sort of, if some people had a backup in case we needed it for tiebreakers, it was in, I it was, it was in my top five. Uh, number nine was Awakenings. Mm-hmm. So Ethan, oh, did nice. you say that was one of yours? Nice. Yeah, that was Second. my number two. I don't yeah, think I've seen Awakenings. I'm pretty sure I haven't. I've seen Insomnia. I watched it for the first time last week. It's him and Robert De Niro, and it's sort of like mega Parkinson's. I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's um, Robin Williams trying to find a way to help uh, Robert De Niro and all these other people suffering from it. Yeah. And there's just a, po- a point where they think they've cracked it, and it's sort of the, you can see that Robin Williams wants to sort of keep him in, in the ward for a while, and he's trying to do it like in a polite way, but he's it's breaking his heart to do it too. It's like just the little the little sort of moments, just little anachronisms he does. Number seven um, was a tie, so we didn't have an eight. We had two yeah. sevens. Yeah, uh, one of them is Boulevard, which was oh, yours. Yes. Now that's is this the one you had at one. This is my number three. So uh, tell me about Boulevard was... it, briefly. Briefly, we don't <laughs> have much time. Uh, it was his final film that came out in cinemas uh, after his death in 2016, and it, he plays a closeted gay man in his sort of late 60s who accidentally runs over a gay streetwalker and tries to look after him, and then he's like, I, I'm i not straight, and he kind of falls in love with him and realizes that this isn't the way he wants to, and it's how um, he deals with his friendship with with Bob Odenkirk of all people, and wow. also his um, his 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 work as well, and his marriage with his wife, okay. and how those all sort of clash at the same time with this side relationship kind of thing. Okay, it's very powerful for his last film. I it's can, not fantastic. His performance is brilliant. I cannot think of a more ironic pairing mm. than to say what this was tied with, which is Toulouse. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's, it's Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow, <laughs> surprise! It wasn't in my top five. Mrs. Doubtfire was seven. Seven. Wow. Yeah, it's not in my top five. Which the audience went number one. We went, if, if it was a top ten list, I'm, I'm trying to remember if if it might have made the scrape the bottom of my list. It might not. If I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we did top ten, it's definitely like around six, seven. Oh, it's yeah. There for, if I didn't put it yeah, at five, yeah, yeah, it's six yeah. or seven. I put it at number two. I really loved it when I watched it again yesterday. Um, and it's fine. I mean, you're, there is that lovely, positive energy. And it what do you want from your Robin Williams? And if you want, I just want to laugh and have escapism, Mrs. Doubtfire is great for that. Yep. 
I was really surprised how much I liked him. I was surprised how much I hated Sally Field. <laughs> and how I was really quite okay with Pierce Brosnan in it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really hate it. I thought he was kind of doing all right. Yeah, I like yeah. Pierce. Yeah. Uh, number six, Patch Adams. Yeah. Nice. Which I'm okay with. Uh, Patch yeah, Adams. Goes, and th- yeah. that was based on a tiebreaker. I think more people just had yeah. that in kind of things. Number five was World's Greatest Dad. Ethan, can you briefly synopsize yeah. why you did that? Uh, World's Greatest Dad is my favorite Robin Williams performance, I think it encapsulates everything he stands for as a person. Um, he plays a father with the worst son in the world, played by the kid from Spy Kids. And, uh, what, what, the little ginger kid? Tra- yeah, the little ginger okay, kid. Cool. Who, he's, he's an arsehole in this. And a tragedy happens, and it's about how he as a father has to protect his son from everything going on, and his son's legacy, what it stands for, and how uh, everything brings together not just his relationship, but how far he can go morally and also just respectfully. And I'm trying to keep it as spoiler-free as possible because it's one of those things you go and you don't expect it and you just get hit. I will say, if you watch it, if you have an aversion to suicide or self-harm, maybe don't, but it is a very powerful Robin Williams film. Mm. Number four, um, audience had it at six, we've got it at four. It's Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah, that was in my top five. I think it was in mine. It might have been my five. I got a lot, which I think might have been my five, so yeah. God knows. Yeah. Um, it's a good performance. Really, really good performance. Uh, it depends kind of... It's, it's, it's not a... Unlike Mrs. Doubtfire, where it's beat, 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 beat. Uh, Mrs., uh, sorry, Good Morning Vietnam has a little bit of room to breathe yeah. throughout, and it's yeah. not a quick thing. It's a bit of a slow burn, actually. But I quite like the fact that it's a slow burn. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Number three, uh, Birdcage, which I'm quite... Nice. Uh, I quite like that. Number eight for the audience. Number three for us. I think it's understated. I think it's, if you like zany. Do you think for the friends we have and the background we have in theater, it is higher? Possibly. That that list of people who I, what do do you mean by, you mean the group of us? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't think that has anything to do with I don't my think so. Because I've never seen it, but oh, really? I didn't know whether the theatre side of things... It's no. not really about the theatre. It's not about the theatre no. at all, no, no. But okay. I, could, I can see why, because it's very much like drag queens, cabaret-style stuff, yeah. but I think it's, it's, not stuff it's that more I, if you bring in stereotypes. As a yeah. genre, that's not something I lean into. You know, like, yeah. uh, if Georgia was here, I think Birdcage would be right up her alley, because she's really... Because oh, yeah. she, she loves her RuPaul drag race and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Me, not 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 not, not so much. Uh, not, not that I have a, a, any aversion to it. It's just not my cup of tea as far yeah. as my, how, I, how I do my, my entertainment. But I really loved it. Yeah. And I just think it's just really... Maybe we should give it a watch then. I think it's well done. <clears> simple, <throat> but well done yeah. storytelling. Yeah. You'd cool. really like it. Yeah. Number two, uh, Oh Captain, My Captain, oh. Dead Poet Society. That was my and number two. It's so... Actually, it was a, I think it was, a, it, was, it was my number two as well. It was my number two. I would two. just like to add here that obviously I haven't seen that one and I think it probably would feature in my top five if I had. Oh, so brilliant. Perhaps that would... We, we don't know. I mean, you, you, might, you might be sitting here going, I don't like it. Yeah. It's totally possible. Well, yeah, but from what I've heard, it yeah. sounds really good. Um... Ugh, it, it it it's it's such an inspirational movie. It's it might so be the most inspirational movie I've like I've seen. It's like on that show. Yeah. Name me a more inspirational movie. Ah, Rudy. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but it's it's just it's it's wonderful. It is brilliant. It's wonderful. Yeah. It, I think it's one of those films that inspired like the next sort of generation of teachers. Oh, possibly. T- every teacher at my teacher's college, I think they came in and they played us like a clip from from um, yeah. um, Dead Poets Society. And we're like, yes, <laughs> we will be teachers. Yes. Forgetting how it ends for him. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we can't say obviously because no. Ellie hasn't seen it. But but like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's not a film without sacrifice. No, exactly. Yeah, and it comes so at a cost. It comes at a cost, and uh, and with dignity. Yeah, too, oh, and how he so handles much. it. Yeah, yeah. So um, powerful. It, it, I haven't seen it in a good few years. It'll make me cry if I watch it. Yeah, same. And then number one, um, my number one. My number one. Guessing my number one. <laughs> yeah, as well? number one. I have to see about a girl. Goodwill Hunting. Yes. And just a little aside, when he reads the note at the end of Goodwill Hunting and he <sighs> reads that, he says, Son of a bitch stole my line. Ad lib. Really? <sighs> oh, so good. And um I think I mean you could really split hairs with me between Dead Poet Society and Goodwill Same. Hunting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was very it was really, a close, close. It's call. hard. Because Dead Poets is a vehicle for Robin Williams that is Robin Williams movie yeah. where Goodwill Hunting's not a Robin Williams movie it's more Matt Damon and Ben Affleck um, he's more supporting that I felt that he's, he's so, so good, good at the support because so I felt like this is none of the tricks not that humor's a bad thing no, no, I love no, humor no, no, no. and he had some humor in it but it was never from a place where it didn't come organically from what the story needed and from an acting performance it's that one not scene not Robin Williams the stand-up comedian Robin Williams the actor yeah Oh, the one scene. That one scene. I'll, I'll match you with that. I don't think it is the one scene. No, no, no. That one scene that always gets It's me. not your fault? Yes. Yes. Fuck. Because for me, it's the scene, if I may, it's the scene when they're on the bench outside. He's had the yeah. kid. He's choked him the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, you can tell me all about the poems of Shakespeare, what Milton wrote about love, and Petrarchan sonnets. But you can't tell me what it's like to have a woman say she loves you and you know she means it, to wake up beside her and know that you love her. All that sort of experiencing life, not just learning about it. Yeah. And I'm like, that is powerful. Very. Well-written script. Well, well, well done, Ben Affleck. Yeah, well done, Matt Damon. Well done guys. But, it was uh, definitely, an amazing movie. Yes. So that is... That is our list. That is our it little roundtable about Robin Williams. If we didn't get to your favorite, I'm really sorry. It's yeah. really hard, as I found out when I was typing this up, <laughs> to do all of Robin Williams' career in 60 minutes, roughly. But I hope we did the guy. Yeah, we hope so. Proud. If nothing else, I hope it was a conversation. Let us know your favorites. If if if, if you if you contribute at all, thank you so much. If I had time, I'd read out every person's top five. Obviously, that, that was kind of boring after a while. Yeah. Just, yeah. And this person, you Even don't know. speed it up. Yeah. So really, really try. But thank you so much. Um, and I liked this. And if you liked the idea of kind of going through an actor's catalog, let us know. Maybe recommend someone else we yeah. could do. I got a couple in my head that I wouldn't mind seeing. Maybe Me an too. actress. Is there someone else we yeah. could do? But l- let us know. People who you think maybe we should have a go Ah, I'm quite interested in seeing and very open to suggestions. Some things maybe seasonal, some things more actor or actressy related. Mm-hmm. But thanks for listening along. In for best film ever, I have been Ian. I've been Liam. I've been Ellie. And I've been Ethan. And just remember, whatever you're going through in 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, someone was going through the same thing. And for you in 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, it may not even matter anymore. So go on out there. Carpe diem. Seize the day. We'll see you next time.